You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey, good morning, Southport and Burley Heads Church of Christ. Hey, I'm here with Steve Gray, minister hey, Steve. at Southport. <laughs> Never gets old. Uh, both the called min- Steve. Both called Steve. It's very yeah. exciting. You're the minister yeah. of Burley Heads yes, Church yeah. of Christ. Hey, mate, thank you so much for you and Merrin. Uh, leading us last weekend in our service on uh, the 18th, 18th yeah. of April. Uh, it was fantastic on the Emmaus Road. Really appreciate that. Absolute privilege. We were stoked. As we mentioned in the sermon, if you don't know us, we grew up here. Yep. Um, there's a couple of stains on the floor. <laughs> looks like that I probably, no, no, I wasn't a kid here, but grew, grew up in this church. And yep. me and Maz were just absolutely stoked to spend some time with you guys and, and I guess essentially invite you into a house and yep. have a look, a snapshot of what we. Um, yeah, the common conversation we'd have around the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we we had great feedback from our people and we really appreciate uh, your investment into our church. And it's really triggered for us, we've been talking about it before that, but we want to move forward with a series uh, yeah. working together yeah. uh, as two local churches. Absolutely. I, I mean, you guys would probably see this. You definitely would see this being online um, with Christian friends. Yeah. Every, any given Sunday morning, there's 400 churches all... We're going live, we're going live, and yeah. I think this is a real opportunity, Burley, Southport, Church of Christ, Burley coming out of Southport, yeah. um, to work together, pull yeah. the resources. I'm looking around, I mean, I know you've done most of this, Steve, you've cut those things out of <laughs> um, I think Olivia helped, but, but pulling some of these resources, yeah. working on a series together, and then um, actually making time for other things. The, yeah. these, this type of production can take all week, yeah. but there's communities, there's so many opportunities in this time to be with people. Yeah. Why not spend the time together working on something that's solid and reaching the wider Gold Coast? Absolutely. We do. We've got a great team here who put a lot of work into our sets week by week. And so, uh, as you say, Steve, I think there's an opportunity for us to just maximise this opportunity this season to say, let's work together uh, as churches. Let's pull our resources so that we can deliver ministry into other areas. Let's reach more than... 8% 8% of the Gold Coast community yep. uh, in this season. God's maybe providing us an opportunity here. Phenomenal. So we're about to start this series. Yeah, I know you're in, a, you're in a little season at the moment yeah. as a church at Burley yeah. uh, of uh, uncrowded moments. Is that what you're calling it? Yeah, we're, we're, we've kind of started using the term that we're in this, where Jesus would often withdraw from the crowds. Yep. Um, and obviously, we've all withdrawn from the crowds. We've got a distant, a legal distant between us. We're not <laughs> hanging out with 5,000 people, feeding them. So there's this sense that it's a real good time yeah. to start asking deeper questions, which yep. excites me about this series. So as we launch this series today mm-hmm. uh, called Good Question, yeah. we're running a, a, a series here that both Southport and Burley are going to run together uh, about the, the questions Jesus asks. Yeah, great. He, he asks a lot of questions in the gospel and he has an ability to get below the surface with his questions, uh, get to the motivation uh, that lies underneath for people. And so we want to dig into just a half a dozen of those, five of those in the next five weeks, and we're going to do it together. So I'm really excited about this journey. Uh, I think these questions are going to be really relevant for uh, the Gold Coast, for our church, for your church, and uh, we trust it's going to be a blessing to you.
Well, good morning, Southport and Burley Heads Church of morning. Christ. Super excited about this series. I've got Lee Ellsmore with me, our uh, one of our pastors here at Southport. Yeah. How are you feeling about this series, Mate, Lee? Very, very excited, Steve. I'm excited that Burley Church of Christ are joining us, but yep. I'm super excited this new series, which you've already called Good Question. Absolutely. Now, I wonder if you, because I know I have, you probably have as well, someone asks you a question and you stand there and you say, good question. Yeah. Good question. That's what we're doing out of these, the questions we're going to visit with Jesus. We can actually sit back and say, well, that's a deep question, but it is a good question. Absolutely, Lee. And and we know that uh, Jesus asks a lot of questions. I'm feeling like I'm going to have to raise my tone a little bit to keep up with you here. But I'm I'm reminded of a guy called John Corson, who's a a pastor in the US, a commentator. And he identifies that this question that we're looking at today out of Mm. Matthew 16 is the most important question a person can be asked. Absolutely. Uh, it's a really significant question. Who do you say I am? Yeah. Uh, let me read the passage to yep. you, Lee, from uh, Please. Uh, Matthew 16, verse 13 down to 18. Mm-hmm. When Jesus came to the re- region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Mm-hmm. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you uh, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Mm. It's a really famous passage. It's a well-known passage, Mm. and it asks a good question here. Uh, Who do you say I am? To get an understanding yeah. of, of what this is on about this passage, we need to understand the background. Yeah. Give us a bit of a picture there, Lee. Uh, absolutely. So Caesarea Philippi, where this, this, this whole thing takes place, couldn't be uh, more removed uh, theologically, morally, uh, socially from the strict Jewish culture. So, so geographically, it's about 300 kilometers north of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, Caesarea Philippi has this uh, enormous rock, and out in the middle of this rock is like a cave or a big hole where two rivers, Mount Hermon, another river flows out of this big rock. Now around it is a lush environment. You have mulberries, you have grapevines, you have trees, you have greenery. Mm. It's a place where people would go to relax, to unwind. It's a place of the serenity was actually beautiful. Yeah. Now, yeah. with all of that said, there's actually a real dark side to this place. It's 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 uh, nearly the forbidden city type of scene. It's um it was a place where pagan uh, worship and political power took place. A lot wow. of peas in there. That's a lot of peas going on, Lee. <laughs> there is a, the original name for uh, Caesarea <laughs> Philippi was actually. Uh, Paneus, yep. I think you pronounce it, yep. um, named after the pagan god Pan. Now, yeah. Herod the Great, now stay with me for a minute. Herod the I'm, Great I'm here with you. built the temple, right, uh, for Caesar's worship. Now, his son, Philip, renamed this city Caesarea yeah. Philippi. Yeah. 
okay? So it was a gateway. People saw it as a gateway to the underworld. In fact, that large rock that I said with the, the big uh, cave in the middle of it is the entrance to the underworld where, where they would worship pagan gods, Steve. Yeah, right. So it's got, uh, you know, it's, re it's really helpful background. It's got a bit of a, uh, an overtone of Gold Coast to it. Absolutely. It's a place where people would go and relax. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it removed from the sort of religious uh, setting mm. uh, per se. We've got a beautiful scene yeah. here on the Gold Coast, the, the ocean. Yeah. You've got the hinterland yeah. up there with the rainforests, water sources and natural springs. Mm. And so it's probably not that far removed from uh, uh, our setting here with the granite belt and all the rest that's of right. it. That's right. Uh, so that's really helpful background. I really appreciate that. So as we look into this passage mm. here in Matthew 16, we see that the disciples that are with Jesus have been with him for quite a while, Lee. They've They've heard him teach. They've seen him do amazing, miraculous things. Uh, they've seen him cast out demons, etc. But then Jesus asks this question here mm. about who do you say I am? Um, seems a little bit odd because uh, the guys have seen so much already. Yeah, that's right. In John 1, we see Nathaniel actually uh, talk to Jesus under the fig tree. In, in John 5, we all know the story, an amazing story. Uh, throws nets mm. over the boats. They uh, get a large amount of fish. Peter actually declares Jesus' lordship out of that. In John 5, how's this story? Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Yeah. Not including the women and children. So there was a lot more than 5,000. And again, Peter says that you are the son of God. That, that's only a couple of stories that are written down, but they would have seen so many stories of what Jesus did and the miraculous things that he was able to do. So Jesus is asking this question when they've already actually professed uh, their, their Jesus' identity and their trust in him. Mm. Uh, but he starts this, this passage here quite curiously saying, who do people say I am? So I want us to pause here. I want people in their house churches to pause, hit the pause on the, on the video in just a minute. Yep. But I want us to ask a couple of questions about what that looks like for us in our setting at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've got uh, children, they can even answer this question, Steve. It's a great one to throw around the lounge room. Uh, the first question is, uh, how do you think people would describe the Gold Coast? Yeah. How do yeah. people describe the Gold Coast? Talk about that for a minute. The second question is, uh, how would people on the Gold Coast and abroad uh, see Jesus in this current climate? Yeah. So in the context of coronavirus, lockdown, Correct. all that we're yeah. facing at the moment, how would people see Jesus in that space? Hey, take some time and uh, have some conversation in your house church or your family uh, about these questions and we'll come back shortly. So, Lee, we, we, we've just had this discussion. Uh, people at home have been able to have this conversation about these two questions about uh, yep. what do you think uh, of the Gold Coast? What's your picture of the Gold yeah, Coast? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the Gold Coast is a, is a beautiful place. People come up here to relax and unwind. We have beautiful beaches, which we can't use at the moment, Steve, which is a <laughs> bit unfortunate. We have theme parks, which they all flock up to in the, uh, in the, in the holiday school holiday period. We have the hinterland, which is absolutely gorgeous as well, Steve. I'd see the Gold Coast as a place where people want to retreat and unwind yeah and it's an entertainment place it's a relaxing place with theme parks as you said yeah um, the second question about uh, where do you think people are seeing God or Jesus in yeah. this moment this coronavirus 
moment in time? What sure. do you think are the, 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 the responses? Yeah, that that's a deep question, Stephen. There'd be lots of responses. I'm sure you had lots at home uh, that you thought of. One of the things I can think, Steve, is, is possibly a blaming situation with this. Um, people are, might be blaming God yeah. for bringing the coronavirus in. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, probably deeper thinking going on with that so there's definitely a blaming element i can see how about how about you yeah i think i think there will be a, a blame and an annoyance factor for some people but i also think um, certainly people i'm mixing with there's an yeah. openness yeah uh some people are saying we're kind of out of control here this is not uh how we thought life was going to go and and they're kind of reaching towards god a little bit more and so i think there's a there's an open door in that sort of scenario yeah which leads us to this question this quote from john corson about why this is the most important question uh, a person can ask. In fact, one might ask that. Say, it's a good question. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good, good question. question. John Corson. Uh, when I was uh, doing some research, Steve, with this talk today, lots and lots of people actually agree with John Corson and say that this mm. is the most important question someone can ask himself, and that is, "Who do you say I am?" The question that Jesus asked. Yeah. So give us the passage again, sure. just verse 15 and 16. Yes, if you have the word in front of you have at home, seat, please, <laughs> we'll have a seat. please read along with me. Chapter 16, verse 15, it says, But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? As Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Steve. So uh, this declaration that the uh, disciples are making here, yep. we know that they've made it in the past. Um, we think about Nathaniel, as you talked about before, he's under the fig tree and Jesus has seen him in that place. Yes. And so Nathaniel makes this proclamation, uh, you, you must be the son of God. Yep. Uh, we've got this large haul of fish with uh, Peter out on the boat. And uh, as he hauls this, these fish in, as Jesus instructed him to lay down his nets, he says, you must be the son of God. Yeah. And in the feeding of the 5,000, this amazing miracle uh, again, a proclamation from the disciples, you must be the son of God. Mm. All of these statements are made off the back of miracles and really in the emotion of the moment, mm. uh, a response in the emotion of the moment. That's why this passage is so important. Yeah, um, It's taking us to a different place. You know, I remember when uh, I was a young fella in Mitcham in youth group back in Melbourne uh, a long time ago now, and... Uh, there are about seven or eight, eight or nine leaders that were really significant in my formation as a 14 or 15 year old. But yeah. years down the track, uh, a number of those people have renounced their faith. They pulled back and said, mm. this is not for me anymore. Mm. Um, kind of highlighting that uh, emotional season where we, yeah. where we partner, but it's not really deeply rooted. Yeah, and Steve, I don't think you're alone. I think there's probably people at home as well. I know I certainly uh, know of people that were quite influential in the church and in the church world and now have actually some of them renounced their faith sadly walked away from god and said there is no god they don't believe in god anymore yeah. and aren't are practicing uh, at all which is a uh, which is a very sad thing so that's why jesus is drilling down the way he is here it's yeah. a really important passage and uh, what jesus does in this next little section is really significant let me just walk you through Please. it lee yeah. Yeah. um uh, he's starting in verse 13 jesus asked this question mm. who do people say that the son of man mm. is good question. He's asking the question mm. it is a good question mm. uh, he's asking the question beyond the influence of the disciples he's saying what are you hearing out there yeah. what's the goss what's the word what's on the, the street what's yep. the lowdown <laughs> uh, some might say and so jesus is drawing information from a, a really wide source 
But then in verse 15, he drills in a bit closer. He says, what about you? And he's addressing the disciples as a group here. Mm. Uh, it's uh, what we term in, uh, in education circles, as the collective noun. noun. Yes. You would know that as a school hey. teacher and me as a motor mechanic. <laughs> uh, and so this, this picture of Jesus addressing the group of people, uh, he's asking that question, who do you say I am? Mm. But in that same verse, he drills in even tighter. And he addresses his question directly at Peter. And he says, who do you say that I am? This is not a collective noun. What is it? A proper noun. It's a proper noun, <laughs> yes. I was just checking to see if you knew what it was. It's a proper noun, which means it's really pointed. Um, this is not uh, a, a collective response. It's not speculative. It's definitive. That's it's right. collu- conclusive. Yeah. So what Jesus might be saying here, if you were to expand this a little bit, would be, what about you, Peter? Hmm. What is your conclusion as to who you think I am? Yeah, yeah. Really, really pointed question, which is why John Corson and others say this is the most important question you could be asked. And that's right, Steve. If, in fact, in verse 17, it is such an important question. Um, if I just read it out. Yeah, sure. Verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven steve what this is saying is it's not a driven peter's response isn't driven by an emotion yeah it was a holy spirit uh driven answer it yeah. was a uh, an answer that was informed by the spirit and uh and it wasn't just a fleeting uh, comment it was a really considered response given by peter so it's not emotion driven it's not in response to a situation it's his considered uh, thoughtful response that's actually driven by the Spirit Correct, of God. Yeah. Beautiful. So now we get to verse 18. Yep. Really important. So so let me le- read uh, verse 18 to us, Lee. Uh, this is a juicy one, this one. Uh, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Excellent, Steve. Why don't you unpack that for us, mate? So this is, this is a really interesting verse, Lee. There yep. are multiple... Uh, explanations of what Jesus is talking about in this one verse where he's talking to Peter. So we know there's this picture of Jesus changing uh, Simon's name from Simon, to, which means shifting sand, yep. to Peter, which means rock. Okay. Um, uh, if you to drill down on that term, Peter, it means uh, specifically little rock uh, or maybe pebbles. Mm-hmm. Um, Pebbles. Uh, so if you were around in the Flintstones uh, time, that's, uh, that's what Peter means. So he's shifting his name from this really loose and fluid foundation, shifting sand to rock, something mm. really solid. So the other element that's in this passage is that, uh, as you identify at the start, this, this picture of Caesarea mm. uh, Philippi with this uh, uh, great range behind it yeah. on this kind of uh, major rock formation, with this uh, pagan worship, the uh, opening to this uh, sort of cave entry point, uh, it creates a picture for us that relates to this passage as well. And so, but what Jesus isn't saying that he's going to build his church on this one guy, Peter, Little Rock, Mm. and he's not saying I'm going to build my next temple on this pagan location here. What he's saying is... um, what they're doing in this location around the pagan worship, etc., that's not going to be the dominant picture going forward mm. for humanity, mm. for the world, for this region, etc. Mm. 
Uh, there's a deeper picture that Jesus is saying he's building his church on. And it's this. So he identifies Peter as uh, a, a rock. He's mm. changing his name to Peter. Uh, that's what the, the name means. But what, he, what Peter is doing in this passage uh, that we saw here in uh, verse 16, uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter is making this confession that he's made prior to now, but he's making it after a pointed ask of Jesus and saying, this is my deliberate, considered, solid response to your identity. Yeah. I'm putting my faith in you. You are my foundation. You are my bedrock. Mm. And Jesus is saying, on that confession, mm. on the basis of you considering and responding to the Spirit's prompting in your life, mm. that's what the church is going to be built on. Yeah. It's not a location. It's not an emotional response. It's not a circumstance. It's a considered response to the prompting of the Spirit of yeah. God. Yeah, that's so good, Steve. It's actually Peter's uh, response uh, is a strong declaration. In fact, Paul writes in Romans 10. I'm going to read it uh, to us all. Romans 10 verses uh, 9 and 10. Paul says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So, so this is Paul's application of what Peter has done in response to this good question. Yeah. The most important question a person can be asked. Ab ab absolutely. And I reckon there's probably maybe some people uh, who are watching this today saying, you know, Steve or Lee, I, I, uh, there's no way Jesus would want me back. In fact, I left the church mm. X many years ago. Yeah. I've run away. In fact, I'm so far away from God, he can't even find me. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. so far away from God, he will never want me back. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that that is a complete lie, that Jesus doesn't operate like that. Yeah. That Jesus' heart wants us to return, wants us to be in a relationship with him, to live the way he designed us to live, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it, it, look, in, 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 in saying that, if you, if you have walked away or you feel like, you know, Jesus, what, how can Jesus ever take me back? We've read from Peter, we've, we've read from Paul this morning, and yeah. we've seen from Jesus that it's a heart response, that it's, it's, it's nothing else but a heart and a verbal response that he wants from all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So look, if you're watching this morning, we're not quite finished but we want to pray for you right now. If you would love to, to, to come back into a relationship with Jesus, to, to, to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus yeah. is Lord, we want to pray for you right now. Yeah, really good. So in your lounge rooms, if this is you, I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And after the prayer, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. So yeah. before we get there, let me pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your words are life-saving, that your love is for every single person that you created. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people now in the lounge rooms that are, uh, have confessed with, your with their mouths that, that you are Lord and, and they're believing in their hearts, Lord Jesus, that you are the Son of God. I pray this morning uh, or tonight or wherever we're watching, Lord Jesus, that you with open arms welcome them 
home. Heavenly Father, thank you that you restore, that you redeem, and you set free all those that call upon your name. Amen. Amen. Guys, if that was you in your lounge room, there is a button on the website that just says following Jesus. I want you to push that button and I will be in contact with you this week to follow you up to maybe if we can have a, a, a coffee or a virtual coffee, but really to, uh, <laughs> to start this new and exciting chapter with you guys. So the following Jesus button, push that on the website and then I'll be in touch with you. Steve. Beautiful. Thanks, Lee. I think it says on the website, follow Jesus. So um, just press that button and yep. we'll uh, activate Leo Folly up. If, uh, if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus already and uh, mm. you just want to reflect on this morning's message, you want to give us two questions just to Come land yep. our time together uh, this morning. Here's a couple of questions you might want to consider. Uh, in this season of coronavirus, isolation, lockdown, etc., is my faith going deeper at the moment good. is my faith going deeper at the moment that's the first question and secondly if it's not um, what challenges and distractions uh, are keeping that from happening mm. what challenges or distractions are keeping that from happening gives you something to pray towards and to maybe focus on this week as we reflect on this passage out of Matthew 16 and this good question from Jesus. Yeah. That is, who do you say I am? That's right. Hey, thanks so much for being with us today, Southport and Burley, and mm. we look forward to continuing our series next week. Thank you. Take care.